Hey, welcome back to the final episode of Queer Diagnosis. So we're kind of changing it up this season, and instead of recording our reflections at the end of each episode, we decided to kind of do a conglomerated version of that. Um, and this time we have Katya, our intern, joining us. Um, Katya, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, uh, my name is Katya. I am I go by she, her, her pronouns, and um, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for being here. And you guys know our co-host. Yes, as always, it's me, Shrita. <laughs> yeah, and recording this one kind of early today, so we're a little bit out of it, but it's going to be fine. Um, so talking a little bit about our previous season, we had some really great uh, guests, um, and we kind of wanted to share some of the things that resonated with us. Shrita, do you want to get us started? Uh, yeah, so I think I there was sort of an overarching theme that I recognized this season that was kind of a through line with a lot of the guests that we spoke with. And it was kind of this idea of, of creating media that then people were able to form a community around. And so like with one of our more recent episodes, Rayon talked about um, like creating content and being open with their identity and through that, they were able to kind of connect with people that maybe they wouldn't have found and also being able to explore this history of, of transgender people kind of all over the world, but especially in Muslim communities. Um, and Erica, who is the founder of Herstory, kind of had a similar experience of, you know, she would have these salons like back in the day, but then that kind of slowly evolved into these um, writing workshops. And then Ivy Finn, who like you went to high school with um, created this magazine that kind of talked about um, the intersectionality of queer people and Asian Americans and was able to, you know, develop uh, content through that and then ultimately also find community. So I just thought that was a really um, uplifting theme, I think, that I saw throughout. The yeah, I definitely agree. I also think that, like, while it may not seem as obvious, like, even uh, like our conversation with Connor learning about, like, how just like bioethics played a role in the Britney Spears like movement that's not something that I really thought about how conservatorship is related to like eugenics for instance and um specifically how you can kind of like create like designer babies and you know just like create a very specific type of like baby to not have a disability by doing that you're kind of eliminating or you're you're reducing the number of resources available to future uh, disabled communities and that's a connection that I never really made and would not have made without Connor um so I really do appreciate you know the breadth of uh and even the, like the range of uh information and backgrounds that our guests are coming from uh, especially this season and it was really cool to interview like an older uh high school classmate of mine because I remember it was around graduation I made a LinkedIn post and then Ivy reached out um and they were like oh like I'm actually also working on like something related to queer advocacy. And it was funny because I I think in high school, especially those identities of like, just like any identity of mine that was not related to school did not really come out to other people, I think. Like, I think it was very much, I'm not saying I was a nerd. I'm just saying that I would always just complain about school. That was my identity and my personality in high school. Um, but to see like, like a really good friend of mine from high school kind of work on something like this, I was like, oh, it's good to know that even at this age, even beyond college, I'm sorry, even beyond high school and now beyond college, like there's still other people who are working on this. That for me is community too. Um, and yeah, and especially like, it was really cool to have Rayon, our first international guest beyond too, because even their discussion of like 
the Hydra community and that history. Um, that's not something I would have known. And I did spend a lot of time in college thinking about the Hydra community because I kind of learned about the community first in like a women's gender studies intro class. And then throughout the rest of that time, um, at, throughout the rest of my time as like a women's gender studies double major, I realized that the voices that I was seeing in women's gender studies course was pretty much a stack or like within the frame of Eurocentric and like just American centered um, voices. So it was really cool to just meet somebody who was very knowledgeable about communities that we would not necessarily see here in America. I think that from all the episodes that I was lucky enough to, to transcribe and to go through and to listen to, I think something so important in the podcast was the reflections at the end of the, or like the the the, the question um, of like, what would you tell your 15 year old self, 20 year old self? I don't, I can't remember the number right now, but, but something along the lines. And I think something that was so important in, um, in like Rayon's episode is, I think that they consistently spoke about the fact that queer people exist and kept reminding us of that. And that is something so not bizarre, but but not not common knowledge. Um, we all believe, not we all believe, but we are all conditioned to think that queerness is something very new and they just kept like hitting the head on the nail that, nope, this has been around for so long. And I think that's so important to remind people and to to have it be common knowledge that this has been going on for a while. Yeah, I definitely agree. And also, um, like, I think people don't really realize that they're, I think people think you can either be queer or something else sometimes. And that intersectionality doesn't always come through. So I was abroad recently and I was at like, I was just meeting a lot of new people. And one person asked me like, what are your future like research goals? What do you want to do? And I was talking about how, um, for our listeners, I applied to a Fulbright, which is this program that you can do to do research or a master's program or something like that abroad. Um, and I applied to do research on the queer Muslim community in the UK and their relationship with uh, sexual and reprodu reproductive well-being, because I did something similar in kind of my senior thesis of college, exploring like South Asian students and their relationship with sexual and reproductive well-being, because there's such a stigma around it. But point is I mentioned like queer Muslim communities and somebody was like but is that a thing and they weren't asking in a bad way they were just genuinely like interested to know whether that's a thing and I was like well yeah but I was kind of surprised by the question because the person themselves was also part of the queer community I was like well you can be like queer and Christian but I feel like as soon as you put like Muslim in there people think it's a little bit more strict or like it's not possible to be both so um, I think it's one thing that are like especially this like season we did have such a diverse group of folks on um especially like with the backgrounds and I think one thing that I kind of like about this season too is that we didn't specifically um only interview like you know medical professionals or healthcare folks uh which I think was really cool because even uh with Connor's episode again like learning about eugenics and like that's like CRISPR for instance like I spent most of my undergrad learning about CRISPR like it can't comes up in every single class and I hated lab but you know it did come up in lab and so you know even Connor made me realize that like oh CRISPR can also be cool in some ways you know yeah I think like as you said I think this season we made a conscious decision not to only interview people who are like explicitly in the healthcare field and I think we more so centered on just the lived experience of, of queer individuals and I think what we found is that 
while we got to learn more about how they um, kind of lived through their queer identity, they also had all these other aspects of their identity, which is kind of obvious. Like most of us are struggling, or not struggling, but most of us coexist in different communities and different worlds and are kind of bringing all of those different aspects of ourselves put together. And it sounds trite, but that's why, you know, everyone is unique and, and like their own person. And I think it was really inspiring to see how like all of these individuals have navigated kind of coexisting in different worlds and putting different parts of themselves uh, together. And, you know, I think one of, I think the reason like the whole community theme really stuck out to me is because that's kind of how you make the world more habitable for yourself. Because sometimes if you just go out there and you are yourself, it can be difficult to find a support system. And all of these people were able to create something so that they were able to build that support system for themselves. Um, and I think kind of expanding on that, one thing that I found really interesting that I learned um, this season was when Connor was talking about the social model versus the medical model, um, where, you know, the medical model is sort of like, there's a way to be a quote unquote normal human being, and then you're lacking in such and such way, and that's why like you're struggling. And then the social model is kind of like, this world has attributes that aren't help like the world isn't built for you to live in I guess and I think for me personally like I, I think the easiest maybe like example I always think about like the introvert extrovert idea where like there's always articles about like how to be more social and how to be more outgoing and I'm like what if you just stop talking for five minutes like what if there's never like a how to be more like introvert or the benefits of that and i i hope that like one of the takeaways of this season is that whatever your you know combination of identities is like each of these people had a very specific voice and and perspective uh to contribute and that it's important um to create spaces which is like one of the reasons we started this podcast but it's important to create spaces where people feel comfortable sharing those perspectives because if those spaces don't exist we're going to end up missing out on like a lot of the richness of what it means to be a human that was pretty profound i'll give you that i mean i think it's actually really funny though because i was thinking about it, I was like this whole podcast thing came from me being lonely in december 2020 because I, I you know it's funny i've told that story so many times that because it's been like in two different magazines not to pat myself on the back but it's also been you know actually i will say this much stony brook they printed like a magazine with the story and they sent it to everyone's houses but my parents, because they thought it was spam or like whatever, they just threw it out. So I never actually got to see the physical copy. I just know that everyone else was sending me photos of it. I was like, I never got to see this. But anyway, my point is that like even just being in a place of darkness and like being able to reach out to Jameson, our editor, who is very much behind the scenes. Uh, but like even reaching out to Jameson and then Shita and like creating this this by itself was community for me and having you guys as part of it is like such a huge thing and I'm very grateful to you and then being able to create like a internship that Katya was able to join okay well Katya not to put you on the spot but uh what advice would you give to yourself at 12 years old um I think what I would say to my 12 year old self is things don't not that things don't matter as much um but the severity in which 
I took some things as as a, as a, as a person who is 12 and 13 years old going through middle school. Um, it's not that deep. That's that, that's basically <laughs> that's actually that's basically so the advice. <laughs> that's actually <laughs> very true. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I would just go back to my to my 12-year-old self and go like, hey, it's really not that big of a deal, but you are allowed to feel how you feel. Um, and it is okay that whatever you're feeling in, in the severity that you're feeling, like that's all good and well, but it's not that deep. And I feel like that's just like a good, a good thing to know because, you know, it sets you up for greater things. Yeah, I, I like that take. Um, I will say that I think I've been very angsty in the last like specifically in the last few days and I think it's very reminiscent of how I was when I was 12 um so it's really funny that like if I was to take your advice like I just have to tell myself it's not that deep you know what I mean and maybe it's not um but I think for my 12 year old self I feel like no matter what I would have told her she would not have listened you know what I mean like I remember a big thing for me when I was 12 even just like beyond I don't think I really understood what queerness was what the LGBTQ plus community was which is really interesting because like now like we have this whole podcast now it's like a very big part of my life but back then didn't even register because I think the first part of my identity when I was growing up was like first I'm a first and foremost like I'm brown right like I'm a South Asian woman or at that time girl and like having body hair for instance like I don't shave my arms I don't wax my arms um but I remember that one of my good friends in the cafeteria was like, you need to shave your arms. Everyone else did. And I was like, right. But like, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I wish that back then, like, no matter what I was said, like me younger would not have understood any, like would have resisted and thought like, oh, you're a feminist now. Right. Like I was one of those kids that was like, oh, feminism might not be for me. And now I'm like, I feel like I'm the face of feminism in my household. You know what I mean? But anyway, I guess my advice to her would just be, get over yourself and yeah. uh we ball you know what I mean I think it was Drake who once said um sometimes we laugh sometimes we cry but I guess we know now and that is something that I really live my life by you know uh, no I actually I think that's an interesting perspective because I feel like you first have to deal with the identities that are like unavoidable like because when you walk out into the world it's like like, for me, it's like, okay, you're brown and you're a girl. Like, those are unavoidable. Like, I can't, like, that is how I'm perceived, right? On first impression or whatever. So I think, like, I still struggle with those identities and, like, what that means. And there's an idea of, of what a South Asian woman is and that, you know, that she's kind of occupied with making everyone else happy and, and being, like, a good daughter or, you know, whatever. So I think I spent... And I spent a lot of time and continue to spend a lot of time kind of struggling with those identities and the responsibility that I feel like those identities bring. And then that sometimes I don't spend as much time of like, like, who am I actually? Like, who am I besides like these very immediately perceived things about me? Like, who am I when I'm just by myself, like in my room? Like, what is it that's important to me? What is it that I want to put out into the world? And so I think the thing I would tell myself is what my therapist told me yesterday, <laughs> where she was just like, do not, like, ignore yourself. I think, I think everyone has an inner voice, and I've always felt that I've had a very 
loud one and I think sometimes we ignore it because we're afraid that it'll inconvenience other people in our lives or sometimes it's even stronger than that sometimes there's inner voices that if you listen to them could put you in physical danger like but I think it's it is so important to within a safe space to listen to that voice and and tend to that voice because it starts out as a whisper but then it can kind of build up to a like a unavoidable scream so it's like I think to just have a constant inner dialogue and really tend to your relationship with yourself because it's going to be the only constant one in your life but I think to Zarya's point um I could have given 12 year old me the best advice in the world I don't think she would have listened but you know you have to learn things the hard way sometimes and that's just it's part of life yeah I have to agree with you there and also um it's not nearly as profound as what you said but it is just a funny moment um when I was younger I think my brother told me to use my inner voice and I thought he meant my like inside voice so I started whispering instead of <laughs> instead of stop talking altogether but I think like that's what 12 year old me was trying to figure out I was like because I didn't know that you can honestly I would love the monologue inside my head to stop you know what I mean not in like a crazy way or anything um but I would really yeah I don't know I, I think even now I wonder what advice we would give to ourselves season four you know what I mean <laughs> uh but you know it shifts and changes and hopefully um you know even just this podcast has been a really like a really great experience and we've already like we've met so many cool people along this journey you know like we're 17 episodes in and I do think that this really is just the start and also on this note we're gonna just kind of talk a little bit more about uh kind of some other outreach initiatives we're working on so uh we do have a scholarship fund that we're kind of building up and shout out to katya for like very heavily marketing that because you know that is such a big part of who we are and uh to tell you a little bit more about that we kind of realized as students that not everyone has equal access to financial aid as a college student and we kind of wanted to alleviate that burden of financial uh like financial problems, financial burden as best as we could. And so we were, we were like, why don't we create a scholarship fund? Um, unfortunately, we as students still do not have enough money to do that just by ourselves, but we do have a scholarship fund available that's marketed on our um, Instagram. It's on our website and you can check it out. Um, also, we do have a shop with merchandise. I think the merchandise is really cute. Um, I will say that I think Shrita looks best when she's wearing her queer diagnosis black crew neck. Um, but that's just my personal take. And um, I just want to say a quick moment of silence for the tote bag that we have, but I put it in the washing machine one, so it shrunk up. Um, can't use it, but it's like like a nice little token of what was. Um, and yeah, you're laughing kind of hard, Sheetha. Is there something you want to say? No, I just, I, I that's happened to other tote bags of mine that I won't describe because we don't do free marketing on this podcast. <laughs> but um, <laughs> only, only self-promotion. Um yeah, I feel like, I mean, those are our thoughts. Those are our, yeah, they really are. Um, for our thoughts. Yeah. Um, and thank you so much, Katya, for like working on the podcast with us. Katya has very much been beyond, behind the scenes of like keeping everything running in charge of our website and start in, front, in charge of our social media, everything. Um, and yeah, just thank you so much for joining us. And like, it really has been such a pleasure having you on the team. Thank you so much. I, I enjoy this experience and... It was just an incredible experience that I that I got.
and reball. That's what I'm hearing. Reball. Okay. Um. Also, the listeners can't hear me do the whole swish. Like I'm doing the emoticon. The uh, you know what is this called? Physical. Where the basketball swishes should... through the net. Yeah, I'm doing the basketball swish. You can't see it, listener, but I am in my heart <laughs> and physically right now. Um. But anyway. Yeah, I think that's about it for season three. If you guys have anyone that you would like to see on the podcast, if you guys want to reach out to us, please feel free to reach out to us at queerdiagnosis at gmail.com. Um, and definitely check out our merch and the, um, what's it called? The scholarship fund, not the what's it called. Look at me. Sorry, guys. It's very early over here. Um, not that early, to be honest, but we're going to pretend it's very, very early. All right. Yeah, I think that's a wrap. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please consider making a donation to the Query Diagnosis Scholarship Fund to connect students with much-needed financial support as a means of guaranteeing their academic success, particularly those students who identify as members or advocates of the LGBTQ community. Read the transcript for this episode at querydiagnosis.com. Query Diagnosis is... Shrita Meriporna, Ekaterina Shimla, Jameson Coleman, and me, Zaria Sheikh. Music is composed and provided by Kara Dugan and Adam Fredette. This podcast is supported by listeners like yourself. Our Patreon is patreon.com backslash queerdiagnosis. Rate and subscribe to us wherever you like to listen.